congregation, if you would first turn to Leviticus, I want to read just two verses that are appropriate in relationship to the message this morning. From Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13. I want to read verses 45 and 46. Chapter 13 of Leviticus. Chapter, chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. Listen to the word of God. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And now if you turn over to Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And a leper came to him, and pouring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. And he went out and began to speak, talk freely about it, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was, out, but was out in a desolate place, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Congregation, let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we see the mighty works of our Savior. At times we take these things for granted, but we need to understand the depths of His coming, the depths of His work on our behalf. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds this morning to the wonderful grace of His redeeming and restorative activity. In Christ's name, amen. By the time of the text that is before you, in Mark's Gospel, the ministry of the Son of God Jesus Christ is in full bloom. 
the new era of redemption has dawned. The Old Testament church has finally entered into the era of the day of the Lord, the day when the final kingdom of God has begun. In God's beloved Son, the divine supernatural authority has condescended into the creation. In this first chapter, Mark has already recorded Jesus' superior wisdom in his teaching and preaching, never witnessed before. Secondly, his divine authority and power facing Satan and his companions, never witnessed before. Thirdly, his divine power, authority, and restitutive compassion to counter the curse of the fall upon both the body and the soul never witnessed before. Mark is telling us about the dramatic entry of the gospel of the kingdom in Capernaum and surrounding towns and regions of Galilee. In fact, Christ told his disciples that he must leave Capernaum and go to other towns in Galilee in order to preach the good news in their synagogues and casting out demons. Verses 38 and 39 of the first chapter. Well, as Mark continues, Christ enters an area or town which is not mentioned by a specific name, not preaching or casting out demons at this particular moment. Rather, Mark introduces us to an interesting situation. Christ is being approached by a man who is a leper, there in verse 40. After raising up Simon's mother-in-law from a possible fatal fever back in verses 30 and 31, Mark now turns to Christ's relationship with one of the most terrible diseases mentioned in the Old Testament, leprosy. The Old Testament in the book of Leviticus, we read a very small section about that. In the book of Leviticus, devotes two whole chapters to leprosy, Leviticus 13 and 14. According to the Old Testament, leprosy was thought to be a contagious skin disease, one of the most dreaded diseases to get during the Old Testament era. It was regarded almost incurable. In Israel's priestly laws, it was viewed as a sign of sin upon the whole human race. Hence, if the priest pronounced a person as having leprosy, that person is viewed as being unclean. What does that mean? Meaning that they are the visible sign that the fallen human race are sinners before their holy creator. Leviticus 13.8 Furthermore, in relation to our text here in Mark, 
were a few points to bring to your attention concerning leprosy with respect to the priest's laws concerning the issue of leprosy. First, when the leper was pronounced unclean, no one, no one was permitted to touch or have physical contact with the leper. Second, the leper being unclean was to live alone, excluded from the society of Israel, specifically living, as we read in our text there in Leviticus, living outside the camp of Israel. And then thirdly, only the priest could pronounce the leper unclean or clean. Keep those three points in mind as we progress this morning, as we continue in our text. Meanwhile, let us be reminded that in Old Testament revelation, the disease is viewed as a type of plague by God to strike sinners. God threatens Israel with it. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 27, you may remember Miriam gets it, as well as Uzziah. Indeed, it is a sign of sin upon humanity. As we enter the text to grasp the full impact of, the, of this event in Christ's ministry, note the state of the leper's own existence. It is a most pitiful state of existence. Think of how the disease ravages the physical condition of one's own body, the itching, the discomfort, which is constant, the unnatural physical appearance, the absolute loneliness of human isolation from human society, plus the leper had to wear torn clothes. One's hair had to hang loose. And the leper was to cover their upper lip and cry out so everyone could hear. We read that from that text. Unclean. Unclean. You can only imagine the physical and mental agony of a leper, including this particular leper that now comes before Jesus. Obviously, the reputation of Christ's ability and willingness to heal has entered the hearing of this particular leper. Perhaps he is saying, Christ can relieve me from my daily agony. Just perhaps he can heal me from the disease that is viewed to be incurable. So the leper comes and kneels before Christ. He appeals to the will of Christ, and he pleads with Christ to make him clean, to remove him from the uncleanliness and being a societal outcast. 
else in this situation is surely compassionate, as you can see in the text. But also, Christ is forceful, is forceful. Scholars point out that the Greek in verse 41 and 43 conveys a strong, forceful voice from Christ. Christ is definitely moved with pity, with compassion upon the leper. But his voice also conveys the force of righteous anger against the ravages of sin, disease, and death that is in the creation. Yes, Christ's compassion is is matched with the thundering voice of a sovereign will. Be clean, as he says to him. Be clean, verse 41. Christ alone has the genuine compassion and resolution for the plight that humans have brought upon themselves in a sinful creation. Is this not demonstrated strongly by the actions of our Savior right here? He actually touched him. He touched him. He literally touched what he is not permitted to touch according to the priestly law of the Old Testament. In that law, no one was permitted to touch one who was unclean. And yet, Christ did exactly that. What are we seeing here? It is not a coincidence in the legislation of God's priestly laws. The God's own son would enter the creation as the final high priest. The authority and legislation of Christ's priesthood is the model for the Old Testament priesthood. The priestly functions outlined in the book of Leviticus is modeled upon the office of Christ's priesthood. He alone is the priest who can go further than just the pronouncement of the leper being declared clean or unclean. Christ can actually, as priest, remove the leprosy off this unclean sinner and make him holy clean. Is there any doubt, any doubt that Christ's actions gives evidence that the history of redemption has reached its new era? Which Mark uses his attention getting word here. You may know that. Some of you know that from the King's name straightway. Well, in the English Standard Version, the word is immediately. And immediately, the text says, immediately, leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Verse 42. More to that point later. Now that the leper is made clean, 
Savior Christ sends him on his way with a forceful and stern charge. It sounds like the charge that Christ conveyed to the demon back in verse 34. See that you sign nothing to anyone. Rather, Christ wants him here, here in this case of the leper, to show himself to the priest and offer the cleansing that the law of Moses required for the proof that he was healed, verses 43 and 44. In Christ's day, a person who is now clean was to show himself to the priest in his district and then go to Jerusalem and follow through with the prescriptions and sacrifices laid out according to Leviticus chapter 14, verses 1 through 32. At this point, there is no question with respect to Christ's healing. Christ is demanding that the leper is to comply with the Old Testament stipulations concerning a person who is going from being unclean to becoming clean. Indeed, Christ did not come to destroy the law. Christ came to fulfill the law. Christ endorses the law of leprosy that was set in place. In fact, in exercising his priestly work to cleanse the leper, the witness of Christ's priestly activity is already in. His Father has witnessed it. And he, as priest, have already, in the heavenly realm, pronounced him clean. But the Jewish Old Testament priest modeled once again, modeled once again after Christ as priest, must testify in the earthly realm that the leper's healing has occurred. If the priest does not acknowledge that the healing and cleansing has taken place, the priest himself stands guilty of the evidence. Hence Christ is pressing, is pressing the healed leper to go to the priest because if the priest does not acknowledge that the leper is healed or cleansed by Christ, that priest stands condemned by the very law that he has taken to uphold. Christ is demanding the healed leper to go to the priest to authenticate that the fulfillment of the Old Testament priesthood has arrived in his own person, in this one who has performed this act upon this leper, in Jesus Christ himself. Well, on the other hand, Christ is pressing upon the cleansed leper to say nothing in public to all Israel. Rather, do not hesitate. Make a beeline right to the priest. The final consummating priest has arrived in the creation. 
that that priest has moved this leper from a state of being unclean to a state of being clean. The evidence is in concerning this priest who has arrived. Now, connecting, connecting the dots, we're back to verse 15. Since the evidence is in, repent and believe. So how does the leper respond? As we look carefully at the text, how does he respond? He blatantly disobeys Christ's command. He does not show the evidence to the priest that his healing by the final high priest of the kingdom of God has arrived. No, interestingly, Mark, using the Greek language of spreading the good news there in verse 45, spread the news, look at that phrase, conveys that the leper basically ordains himself to spread news about what has happened to him. Yet, it is all about him. It is all about what Jesus does for him. His mind is focused, is glued to his earthly cleansing and healing. His mind is on earthly things still, and life where he is the center of attention. Yes, many people will be more concerned about using the benefits they have received from Christ to advance their own lives as they subtly and sometimes most clearly throw Christ under the bus for the sake of their own self-promotion with the gospel and self-gratification. But here comes the true good news so powerfully presented in the incident for those who have eyes to see, ears to hear. Is that you this morning? Congregation, open your hearts, your souls to be spiritually enriched with the gospel of God, the good news in your Savior, Christ, the final priest, stretches out his hand and touches the unclean, the leper. Anytime one touches the unclean, that person is now unclean. Christ, you see in this, takes the uncleanliness of the leper and places it upon himself. Upon himself. He takes the leper's identity upon himself. He is the bearer of sin. Yes, figuratively speaking, Christ is covered with leprosy on behalf of the leper. And what happens to the leper, the leper who is unclean in the Old Testament law, 
society. Remember that? They are cut off from society. They have become an outcast. They are cast outside the camp of Israel. Are you seeing? Are you seeing? Are you living in this text this morning in your own life? What does this text say about Jesus? Look closely at a little phrase in verse 45. In verse 45. Jesus could no longer openly enter a town that was out in desolate places. That desolate places corresponds with the concept of wilderness. Of wilderness. Desert places. Taking now the posture position, you see, in terms of that essentially Jesus, Jesus Christ is being cast outside the camp as he takes on the identity of the leper. He, as he touches the leper, and is now, according to the Old Testament law, unclean, he must be cast outside the camp. He is in a wilderness place, taking now the posture, the position of the leper. This is astounding. Astounding. He is back to the place where his solitude, or in his solitude, he is face to face with the author of sin, the evil one, Satan on our behalf. Where did Jesus go when he had to confront Satan? Back there in verses 12 and 13 of this first chapter, he went back into the wilderness. And what many biblical scholars refer to as the premier representative of human disease in Old Testament revelation, Christ intercedes willingly and comprehensively for the curse of the fall upon the frailty of the human flesh. He essentially becomes the leper, unclean. He takes the penalty of being unclean upon himself. But more than that, according to the Levitical law, he is the final priest that becomes in that situation the guilt offering and the sin offering of blood atonement for the unclean. He, by virtue of his own nature, of perfection and righteousness, 
is the sole priest who can take on our uncleanliness and yet make us clean, free from all sin by virtue of the cross. The cross, the blood of Christ, which cleanses us of all our uncleanliness. Do you see why we must take time in praying for illness, the physical weakness of the human body? It is all a sign of the effects of sin in the creation. And we go to church and we go to Christ alone as the one who intercedes for us in our human condition. He understands because he became unclean in order to make us clean from sin. But in the Lord's providence, the Lord has interceded into your many prayers, I am sure, in healing daily those who are suffering in the flesh. I am sure you have witnessed this in your own congregation, perhaps with respect to COVID. And yes, perhaps many of us have known fellow believers who Christ did not spare in this world in terms of physical illness. But yet he interceded, yet he interceded for them by bringing them, taking them from this world into immediate glory. Christ, as our intercession, takes upon himself the suffering of our diseases, our daily ailments, our common illnesses, our disabilities, tragic events that befall us as believers, and death itself. Although we suffer temporally, Christ's intercession is continual until he secures each of us into his eternal glory, into his eternal inheritance. Let us not use Christ to be self-promoting like the leper, but may the Spirit of Christ give us the power to glorify our Christ for his cleansing us from sin and his abiding intercession for the frailty of our flesh because of the sin's effect upon the creation, which we all know. Will we not embrace with all your heart, soul, and mind this morning those words that are so crucial that opens up the very words of Christ, that opens up this gospel, that penetrates the whole message of this gospel from the beginning to the end. Will we not embrace as a congregation?
those words that come to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. Chapter 1, verse 15. Will we not embrace those words thinking of Isaiah chapter 53, 4 through 5? You know it well concerning the suffering servant and the one who intercedes for us. We know those words in terms of the Lord Jesus Christ the great suffering servant on our behalf. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Congregation, you confess, do you not? What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own but the wrong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we are so thankful in terms of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. the completeness, the sufficiency of his redemption, that he takes on our own uncleanliness and makes us clean. We cannot do this. We know our hearts. We know our minds. We need Jesus. And Jesus has come to give life to all those who are unclean and enter into repentance and faith. Give us that spirit through thy spirit each day in our life. In Christ's name, amen.